Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me on today. Uh, we have a good lesson on today and we're almost finished with the book of Genesis. I know we've been a while in Genesis, but Genesis is such a foundational book and it just sets the tone for everything else you're going to read in the Bible. So we really couldn't rush through Genesis. But anyway, uh, we started on Genesis chapter 1, and we are now on Genesis chapter 46. So we just have a few more chapters. because only have 50 chapters, and then we will be finished with the book of Genesis. So um, anyway, you're you're on the reading through. The channel is called Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. I am Elder Linda. Uh, here, for anybody that's new to the channel, we read the, we read the scriptures together. Uh, we make sure we understand what we're reading. And then we make application to our lives as the Holy Spirit gives us application, uh, how we are to apply what we've read, you know, we learn from it. Uh, also, I post a new video every Wednesday, uh, sometimes up as, as uh, early as Tuesday evening. So anyway, give me a thumb up, subscribe to the channel. Uh, but last week, we were in Genesis chapter 44 and 45. And last week we talked about um, how Jacob, how Joseph uh, was testing his brothers, and he put a uh, a cup in his uh, his silver cup in his younger brother's bag, <clears throat> just to see if if the older brothers were going to speak up for him because he put the silver cup in uh, Benjamin's bag, and then he uh, captured them, went after them, and. Uh, accused them of stealing his cup and said he was going to uh, take Benjamin as his slave, uh, trying to see if the older brothers would stick up for him. And of course, Judah showed Joseph that they had changed and he spoke up for his younger brother and was willing to give his life for Benjamin. Uh, <clears throat> then in chapter 45, we talked about how uh, after Judah gave his long spiel about how he couldn't go home without Benjamin, or else his father would die, and he he literally begged for Benjamin's life, his his baby brother's life, which is a change from the way they used to treat Joseph. They hated Joseph, and now Joseph sees that they 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 have they they had a change of heart. These men are different now. So in um, Genesis chapter forty five, Joseph couldn't take it anymore, and he finally revealed himself to his brothers. And we say it that way because uh, remember Joseph was incognito. He was looking like an Egyptian. He was clean shaven because the Egyptians uh, shaved themselves. Um, and he also was speaking the Egyptian language. And his brothers hadn't seen him in 20 years. So when last time they saw him, he was 17 years old. And, you know, he was, you know, in puberty age. And so he's he was a young man. But now he's uh, grown up into his manhood. Uh, the brothers probably was the same that they did when Joseph left because they were already grown men when he when they were hating on him 20 years prior so joseph recognized him but they did not recognize joseph but anyway uh at this point joseph reveals himself to his brothers in chapter 45 and uh pharaoh he tells pharaoh that his brothers uh are there have come to see him and pharaoh invites uh jacob who is jo joseph's father to come with all his family all his belongings bring everything he told him don't worry about anything i'm gonna take care of it all uh, just bring yourself. And Pharaoh even sent some wagons for Jacob to be able to come and um, bring his entire family. 
So let's just uh, say a word of prayer before we start begin reading in verse uh, in chapter 46, where we're going to start today uh, talking about Jacob's journey to Egypt. Amen. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We ask, Lord God, that you would continue to give us the strength, give us the words to say, Lord God. Holy Spirit, you be the teacher on today and we'll be careful to give you the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start reading in Genesis chapter 46. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Um, you can read any translation that you choose, whatever you're comfortable with. I just like the New Living Translation when I'm uh, teaching. <clears throat> uh, when I'm studying, I use a number of Bibles. But when I'm teaching, I because it's so um, plain and simple, I love the way the New Living Translation puts it. So uh, we're going to read, start in verse 46, chapter 46, verse 1 of Genesis. So, so Jacob set out, and before we start, let me just say that there are going to be a lot of names because we're going to go through a genealogy of all the people that he brought with him to Egypt. So as a full disclosure, uh, I am not an expert at these names, but I just don't feel that we should skip reading the names because it, they're in the scriptures and they have some importance. So um, we might stumble through the names. So just have patience with me, those of you that are experts and know the names, how to say them properly. Uh, but we're going to do our best, God willing. Amen. So Genesis chapter 46, verse 1, it says, So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions. And when he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, the voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. Verse 5, so Jacob left Beersheba, and his sons took him to Egypt. They carried him and their little ones and their wives in the wagons that Pharaoh had provided for them. They also took all their livestock and all the personal belongings they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and his entire family went to Egypt, sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants. These are the names of the descendants of Israel, the sons of Jacob who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's, Jacob's oldest son. The sons of Reuben were Hanak, Pola, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul. Shaul's mother was a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah, though Ur and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamuel. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Pula, Jashep, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun were Zerd, Elon, and Jalil. The sons of Leah and Jacob, who were born in Pandanaram, in addition to their daughter Dinah. The number of Jacob's descendants, male and female, through Leah was 33. Verse 16. The sons of Gad were Zephon, Hagar, Shinah, Esbon, Ira, Araudi, and Arilai. The sons of Asher were Emna, Ashva, Ishvi, and Bariah. Their sister was Sira. Bariah's sons were Eber and Makiel. The sons of Zelpah 
the servant of the servant given to Leah by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Zilpah was 16. Verse 19. The sons of Jacob's wife, Rachel. Uh, I want you to take note that they he's mentioning Rachel here first. Uh, normally when he said, when he talked about the, the sons of Leah, he didn't mention Leah's name until after he made the entire list. So, you know, just, just something of note. Uh, verse 19. The sons of Jacob's wife, Rachel, were Joseph, Benjamin. Joseph's sons, born in the land of Egypt, were Manasseh and Ephraim. Their mother was Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. And that's not Potiphar, that's Potiphar, mm -hmm. that's a different person. Verse 21. Benjamin's sons were Bela, Becker, Ashbel, Gerah, Naaman, Eha, Rosh, Muppin, Huppin, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel and Jacob. The number of Jacob's descendants through Rachel was 14. The son of Dan was Husham. The sons of Nephtila were Jaziel, Guni, Jezar, and Shalim. These were the sons of Bilhah, the servant given to Rachel by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Bilhah was seven. The total number of Jacob's direct descendants who went with him to Egypt, not counting his son's wives, was 66. In addition, Joseph had two sons who were born in Egypt. So altogether, there were 70 members of Jacob's family in the land of Egypt. And, and I believe when they say 70, because it, they said 66, uh, plus Joseph had two sons, at 67, 68. And then if you include Joseph and Jacob, that's 69, 70. I believe that's how the count goes. Verse 28. As they neared their destination, Jacob sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. And when they finally arrived, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father, Jacob. When Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept, holding him, long, holding him for a long time. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, now I am ready to die since I have seen your face again and know you are still alive. And Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's entire family, I will go to Pharaoh and tell him, my brothers and my father's entire family have come to me from the land of Canaan. These men are shepherds and they raise livestock. They have brought with them their flocks and herds and everything their own. Then he said, still Joseph talking, when Pharaoh calls for you and asks you about your occupation, you must tell him, we, your servants, have raised livestock all our lives, as our ancestors have always done. When you tell him this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen, for the Egyptians despise shepherds. Amen. So that was chapter 46. And let's just talk about that for a minute before we go on to 47 here. Um, just a couple of things just want to bring out. Well, you notice in the very beginning of the chapter, when we first start reading, before Jacob, you know, could re really get into his journey really well, he stopped to worship God. He stopped to seek the Lord. And I believe he did that because Jacob is, uh, think about the situation. God has told Jacob, to, well, he gave a promise to Abraham, uh, Jacob's granddaddy and then to Isaac, Jacob's father, and now to Jacob, that 
He's going to bless them. He's going to multiply them. He's going to give them the land of Canaan. And we find that in Genesis chapter 17, 8, where God told Abraham, and I will give the entire land of Canaan where you live now as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever. And I will be their God. So the fact that Jacob is uh, stopping and worshiping God, he has had some questions in his mind. Okay, God, you said that this was the land that you were given to me and my descendants, and you promised my, my granddaddy, you promised my dad, but I'm on my way to Egypt. I'm packing up my whole family, leaving the land of promise, leaving Canaan land where you said that it was going to be ours, and I'm going down to Egypt. Lord, it's, you know, it just seemed like I'm going in the wrong direction. What's, what's wrong here? You know, and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit how, you know, how his mind must have been thinking that, this is not the direction that things are supposed to be going. I'm going in the wrong direction. So he was seeking for um, some confirmation, I think, and just for some peace that, am I doing the right thing by taking my family to Egypt? Um, so God spoke to Jacob. Let's see what God said to him. In verse three, he says, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. So when God, you know, God doesn't just say things off the top of his head just to be seeing them. And, and if he told uh, Jacob, don't fear and don't be afraid, that means Jacob was afraid. He had some apprehension. He had a little bit of misgivings there. But God told him, don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. For there I will make your family into a great nation. So God's revealing his plan to Jacob. I will go with you down to Egypt. And how many people know those are comforting words? When God says, I'm with you, I'm going to go with you. That should make us feel at peace no matter what we're doing. If God gave us an assignment and we know that he's with us, I don't know about you, but when I know God has spoken for me to do something, oh, I'm, I'm, it's as good as done. I'm, I'm there because God's got, got my back. He told me to do it. He's going to take care of everything. But he says, I will go with you down to Egypt and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt. But Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. And when he said that about Joseph closing his eyes, that's a custom that they have, uh, an, an ancient custom that said the nearest relative should close the eyes of the deceased person and give them a final kiss. So, you know, it's like, you know, closing his eyes when he, when he dies. So he's telling him, you're going to die in Egypt, but your son, Joseph, the, the one that you love so much that you haven't seen in 20 years, he's going to be right there by your side. So God gives Jacob the promise, I'm, I'm in, yes, it's okay for you to go to Egypt. I'm going with you. I'm going to make you a great, your uh, family a great nation there, and I'm going to bring you back out. So, you know, what more can you ask for? Talk about peace. That should have given them peace for the journey. So uh, be before we go on, I just want to make a, a one more comment about Egypt was that uh, when I read this, I saw Egypt as a greenhouse. Um, and for those that don't know what a greenhouse is, you know, a greenhouse is usually when you're, you got your little, you do your starter plants, your seedlings. Um, and I'm not an expert at this, so this is my interpretation of it. But um, they put uh, plants in this greenhouse and grow them up, nourish these plants and make sure they're nice and healthy. And after the plants, the little seedlings get nice and healthy and they have a nice size, then they transplant, they take them out of the greenhouse and plant them in the outside garden, the bigger garden. You know, now they're strong enough to survive outside of the greenhouse. So um, 
that's what kind of how I see Egypt as a greenhouse for God's people, where he's going to nourish them, grow them up, show them how to be a nation, show them all his priests, give them all his precepts and what he wants them to do. And this is going to be a place where they're going to become a nation, where they're going to be grown and grow into a nation. And also they're going to be, it's a place where they're going to, and we'll see that later, they're going to be in the land of Goshen, which means they're going to be separated from the Egyptians. So they'll be able to keep all their customs intact. So Egypt is a place where God's going to turn 70 people into over a million people in 400 years. God has a plan. He knows what he's doing. Amen. We just have to trust him. So in verses 8 through 25, it gives us the descendants of Israel that are listed. They name all the uh, 70 that went with Jacob to Egypt. And he took 33 from Leah, 16 from Zilpah. That's Leah's servant. 14 from Rachel. And seven from Bilhah, Rachel's servant. And which was a total of about 70 of them went down to Egypt. And it's interesting you should remember that number because a lot more of them are going to come out of Egypt. They are going to literally multiply so much so that they're going to have the Egyptians afraid before they leave because they, their numbers are getting so great. And also take note that this total did not include the wives, the, the, the uh, son's wives. So it, was, it really it was more than 70, but uh, they counted the uh, sons and um, the sons and the son's sons. Um, in verse 11, just for some of these uh, names they threw out, they were talking about uh, the sons of Levi. Uh, so a particular known as Kohath. Kohath uh, is, some of his descendants is going to be Aaron and Moses. And you can find that in Exodus chapter 6. Uh, Ur and Onan, interesting, they noted them in verse 12. Ur and Onan died before they could get to Canaan because Ur was uh, Tamar's husband and he was evil, so God killed him. Onan was supposed to marry Tamar and bring forth a child uh, for Ur, and he refused to, that, to do that, so God killed him. So those two died in Canaan. Uh, also in verse 12, see Perez. Perez is going to be um, of note because uh, Perez was uh, also the son of Tamar. He was the son of Tamar and Judah. And we read about that, how, you know, Tamar had to, she was trying to keep it in the family. And um, she gave birth to Perez, who was uh, by Judah, who was actually her father-in-law. And that's a whole nother story. But well, we talked about that in the earlier chapter. So go back and review that. Uh, but Perez was an ancestor of King David, and he was also an ancestor of Jesus. So this Perez is pretty important. In verse 26, um, actually verse 28, it tells us that Judah is the one that starts to speak up and giving directions for his father on how to go to Goshen. And we talked about that, how Judah is the fourth oldest son. So you're skipping Reuben, Simeon, and Levi, who were all um, had all issues with Judah. And we talked about that. Reuben had labeled his father's concubine. Simeon and Levi had destroyed a whole uh, a whole uh, city of men for what one man had done. So Judah was, I mean, Jacob was through with those three. And so uh, 
Reuben had lost his status as the firstborn. So Judah is taking the lead. Just want you to keep that in mind. Because remember, Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. So we see Judah rising up here. Uh, but Joseph finally reunites with his father in verse 29 and 30. And he is it's a, a weeping, happy time. They embrace each other. They hug each other and they weep. And note that uh, uh, even though J Jacob is saying that he, now that I see you and know you're alive, I can die. Uh, Jacob is going to live for another 17 years before he dies. He's going to live for another 17 years in Egypt. But also, um, look at the wisdom of Joseph in verse 31 and 34. Joseph is still giving instruction and being wise because he told his brothers, he said, when, we, when you go before Pharaoh, let him know you are shepherds. Because the Egyptians despise shepherds. They hate shepherds. And we talked about that last week. That um, about how the Egyptians hate shepherds. Because um, according to the New Manners and Customs Bible, there was some years ago that a, a shepherd group called the H-Y-K-S-O-S, uh, they oppressed the Egyptians they burnt their cities. They were really evil to them. And according to New Manhattan customs, the Egyptians were underneath these people for a hundred, for hundreds of years. And when they finally got from underneath these uh, nomad shepherds, they hated shepherds. So anyway, that would give us a reason why they hate shepherds so much, but they, they hate shepherds. So Joseph is going to use the, their hatred of shepherds in order to uh, get a land a, a space just for his people to be by themselves so they can keep all their customs intact. In Genesis uh, chapter 15, it tells us uh, how God had uh, ensured the blessing. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 through 16, it says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land. So this God even had prophesied this to Abraham before it happened. Strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come out with great wealth. So you don't want to be the one that God uses to, uh, to, to perfect his people or to punish his people, whatever the reason. You don't want to mess with God's people because God, God is going to come after you. So if you're a child of the king... You don't even have to worry about it. He said, vengeance is mine. God will take care of those that mistreat you. But he told Abraham, they're going to be slaves for 400 years, uh, but I am going to bring them out. And when they come out, they're going to come out with great wealth. In verse 16, Genesis 15, 16, says, after four generations, that's 400 years, your descendants will return here to this land for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. So in other words, it's not time yet for me to... Uh, take away the land of Canaan completely and give it to you. So uh, God has a, a, a complete and direct timing and we have to follow his timeline because he knows what's best and when he uh, have ordained for things to happen. And the cup of iniquity uh, has to be full. Uh, sin has to be full. That's the reason why he hasn't come yet uh, for judgment here now because the cup of iniquity is not full yet. There's still a lot of sin that's going to happen. There's still a, a lot of depra depravity that's going to happen. So God knows when it's time, uh, when he's given people enough time to hang themselves, basically, okay, I gave y'all enough grace, enough time, and okay, now it's time, judgment day. So let's read chapter uh, 47. Chapter 47 
It says, then Joseph went, Joseph went to see Pharaoh and told him, my father and my brothers have arrived from the land of Canaan. They have come with all their flocks and their herds and possessions, and they are now in the region of Goshen. <clears throat> Joseph took five of his brothers with him and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked the brothers, what is your occupation? And they replied, we, your servants, are shepherds, just like our ancestors. We have come to live here in Egypt for a while, and there is no pasture for our flocks in Canaan. The famine is very severe there, so please, we request permission to live in the region of Goshen. So note that they are saying this is a temporary thing. It's not permanent. Verse 5. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen. And if any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock too. So Pharaoh is, uh, he's pleased with Joseph because Joseph just saved his life and the life of his whole kingdom. So he's then telling Joseph, hey, give your people whatever they need. Give them the best land. Give them the best. Verse seven, then Joseph brought in his father, Jacob, and presented him to Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Now that, take note of that because Jacob is, is supposed to be this lowly shepherd and he is blessing the king. Verse 8 says, how old are you? Pharaoh asked. Jacob replied, I have traveled this earth for 130 hard years, but my life has been short compared to the lives of my ancestors. And he's saying that because his um, Abraham died when he was 175. Jacob is saying, I'm only 130. And his dad, Isaac, died when he was 180. So he's feeling like he's, he's young compared to them. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh again before leaving his court. And the reason why that's significant, because there's a verse in Hebrew chapter 7 that says, and without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. So if Pharaoh's the king of, the, of, of Egypt, but little Jacob, who in God's eyes, is greater than Pharaoh because Jacob is the one that gave the blessing. Verse 11, so Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt, the region of Ramesses, to his father and his brothers, and he settled them there just as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided food for his father and his brothers in amounts appropriate to the, amount, to the number of their descendants, including the smallest children. Verse 13, meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up and the people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, Egypt and Canaan, and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. So Pharaoh is getting pretty rich. Verse 15, when the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried, but please give us food or we will die before your eyes. And Joseph replied, look how wise Joseph is. Since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food for exchange for your livestock. For they, so they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for food, they brought horses, flocks, and sheep, and goats, herds of cattle, donkeys. Joseph provided them with food for another year. Verse 18. But that year ended, and the next year they came again and said, We cannot find the we cannot hide the truth from you, my lord. 
Our money is gone and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. And we offer our land and ourselves as slaves for a pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die. So the land does not become empty and desolate. So Joseph brought all the land of the Egyptians of, of Egypt for Pharaoh. Pharaoh is rich. All the Egyptians sold him their fields because the famine was so severe, severe. And soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. See how uh, wise Pharaoh was in letting Joseph uh, be over second in command. Joseph has gained all this of Pharaoh. Wise. Verse 21. As for the people, he made them all slaves from the end of Egypt to the other, from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land he did not buy was the land belonging to the priests because they received an allotment of food directly from Pharaoh. So they didn't need to sell their land. So he didn't buy the priest's land. And then Joseph said to the people, look, today I have brought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seed so you can plant the fields. Now look how fair he is. Then you, then when you harvest it, one-fifth, is about 20%, one-fifth of your crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields and as food for you, your households, and your little ones. You have, I'm in verse 25, you have saved our lives, they said. So they're not bitter about what he's done because they know if it hadn't been for Joseph, they would be dead. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please my Lord to let us be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt that Pharaoh should receive one fifth of all the crops grown on his land. Only the land belonging to the priests was not given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. Now you see how they say meanwhile, like this is something separate. This is what everybody else is going through. The people of Goshen aren't experienced all this famine. There they, they acquired property. There's a famine going on, but this is what's going on with them. They were fruitful and their population grew rapidly. So they don't like their suffering at all in Goshen because uh, Jacob was giving them food and taking care of them. And so they didn't have a care in the world. Verse 28, Jacob lived for 17 years after his arrival in Egypt. And so, and he died. So he lived until he was 147 years old. Verse 29, as the time of his death drew near, Jacob called for his son, Joseph, and said to him, please do me this favor. Put your hand under my thigh and swear that you will treat me with unfailing love by honoring this last request. Do not bury me in Egypt. Now remember, the promised land is Canaan land. When I die, please take my body out of Egypt and bury me with my ancestors. So he wanted to go back and be buried where Abraham was, uh, the cave that Abraham had in, in uh, Canaan land. So Joseph promised, I will do as you ask. And Jacob told him, you swear, swear that you would do it, Jacob insisted. So Joseph gave his oath and Jacob bowed humbly at the head of his bed. So that's chapter 47. And uh, it's kind of self-explanatory what happened in that chapter. But you see the wisdom of Joseph. 
And I think uh, our takeaway, one of our takeaways from these two chapters is the fact that God is in control. How God told uh, Jacob when he was first questioning him about going to Egypt, he said, I'm going to take you down there and I'm going to bring you back up because God knew what he was doing. He had a plan and he knew he was going to make them into a nation when he takes them to Egypt. They were going to come out as a great nation. So all this was by divine appointment, by divine plan, even the plan of all the things that Joseph went through to get him to Egypt, all those horrible things that Joseph might have questioned and said, you know, uh, why is this happening to me? Yet God knew what he was doing because he had to get Joseph in position in order to save his chosen people. Amen. So, amen. I want you to um, go on my channel. Uh, there's a couple of playlists, the sinner's prayer, and also a playlist called Teaching About Salvation. Under the sinner's prayer, you'll be led to uh, 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 led to Christ, and you'll be given the reasons why you need Jesus. Amen. And under the teaching of salvation, on that video, on that playlist, you will also uh, learn all the scriptures that explain your salvation experience. So, amen. So let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you know better than we do, Father, the path that you've already lined up for each one of us. Holy Spirit, I thank you, O oh God. I thank you that you're a good Heavenly Father. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would give us peace, even in the direction that you lead us in, Lord God, that we would know that you are in control, Father, and we relinquish our control and we surrender ourselves to you. Have your own way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll see you next week.